welcome to the Fox River Podcast. Our mission is a heart for people and a message of Jesus. We hope you are encouraged in your faith through this message. Thanks for listening. Hey, Fox River, how you doing? <laughs> My name is Bill, but more importantly, our mission here at Fox River is this, let's say it together, a heart for people and a message of Jesus. Oh man, I'm so glad that we're here together today, this weekend, all of our campuses, online community, I'm so glad that we're hanging out right now. This is just a special, special morning for each one of us, if we're honest. Listen, as, as a body of believers, but also as individual believers, it's important that we appreciate this truth. We are always on mission, all right? When, when we're at home, we're on mission when it comes to our family and, and our neighbors. When we're at work, we're on mission with our coworkers. In all the leftovers, and I wish it wasn't leftovers, I wish it was just the main thing we did, but when we're with friends, we're on mission. Even here at church, we're on mission. Now, what, what are we talking about when we say on mission? Here's, here's one way to express that. In every relationship we have, we have this incredible opportunity to represent Jesus and to shine brightly, like really bright, as beacons of light for him. In every relationship, we have the opportunity to make that relationship better. How? By using these three words, please, sorry, and thanks. Please, sorry, and thanks, they demonstrate three things, respect, empathy, and gratitude. And whenever you express those things or demonstrate those things in a relationship, it almost always gets better, like 99% hit rate, okay? It's a good thing. Now, now why is that true? Why, why do we find when we apply those things to relationships, they usually get better? Why is that? Because they're founded in Christ. These things are rooted in Christ. They're Christian concepts, and they're characteristics of Christ himself, all right? Now, we know that God is compassionate. We know God is kind. We know God is caring. He sees us, but he also sees our need, and he loves us. And that's why he sympathizes or empathizes with us when it comes to our weaknesses, as Hebrews chapter four, verse 15, God tells us there, all right? And here's what he does. Then he steps in and he offers us help, hope. He offers us a future that's different from our past and much better, if we're honest. And he offers us a new life in a new way of living. So we're gonna see that together here at Fox River this weekend. We're gonna see how Jesus loves. We're gonna see how Jesus empathizes with us in our weakness. And one of the humongous reasons he does that, we're also gonna see this, is so that our relationships with God and also with others, that they could get better. God's got a lot of grace for us today, and I'm so happy about that. So let's not waste any more time with this longer intro. Okay, let's, let's get into things. Let's, let's pray, though. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you. God, for your word. We thank you for your truth. God, I pray that today we hear from you. I pray that we understand what you're trying to tell us. And Lord, somehow, someway, by your grace, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that we can apply your good news of good grace to our lives. God, that we will be different after having spent time with one another, Lord, but also with you. God, that we would be different from when we came in. We'd be different when we leave. Lord, I pray that you would have your way in our hearts and in your church today, and above all that we've said, God, we pray this most of all, that the name of Jesus Christ would be glorified. 
We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. All right, let's turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. You can turn there in your Bibles, your physical Bibles, like me, or you can turn there on your digital device of choice. But as we get into Luke chapter 19, here's what we can appreciate, okay? Or a reminder to some of us. Maybe some of you are like, I'll study up, and you're like, oh, Luke 19, I'm totally ready for this. Okay, here we go. But this is like towards the end of Jesus' three and a half year earthly ministry, towards the very end. It's like, it's like about, about, give a little bit of leeway there, but about a week before the cross. So this is like really, really near the end. And Jesus knew the end was drawing near, which is why, and we're gonna see this, which is why he wanted to make it crystal clear to everybody exactly why he came. So let's, let's pick it up. Verse number one, here we go. Jesus entered Jericho. It was just a, a couple miles away from Jerusalem, by the way, which was his final destination where, where the cross awaited him, right? Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, like the head honcho, and he was wealthy. Wealthy doesn't even do justice. He was just filthy rich, okay? Listen, Jericho, where, where this is all happening, Jericho was beautiful, all right, why was it beautiful? Because it had beautiful people. It was like this crossroads. It was like on the main road of travel, and, and it was a huge business epicenter, okay? Tons of different people and cultures. So it was beautiful because of the people. It was also beautiful because of just the, the, the agriculture and, the, and, the, and the, the environment. There was beautiful trees and flowers, and it was beautiful because of the smell that was kind of carried through the summer air, the spring air at that time. You could just smell. It's like, man, this is just a beautiful place. Now, as beautiful as Jericho was, there was a person in that beautiful place who wasn't so beautiful, and his name was Zacchaeus, all right? He was a tax collector, which meant this. He was a traitor. Listen, he was born a Jew, but he served Rome. And he was a, not only a traitor, but he was also a cheater. He would cheat poor people out of their money via taxation. And he would, and taxes aren't bad, he was overtaxing. And that's what I was saying. Please forgive me if you heard the wrong thing there. But he overtaxed poor people, and then he gave the money to the rich. Just like corn pop. Zacchaeus was a bad dude. Real bad. I know some of you get that. Okay, Zacchaeus, he was rich in money. He was rich in money, but he was poor in relationships. People hated him. People despised him. And he was also far from God. But did you know, here's just the interesting side fact. Did you know the name Zacchaeus, right? Because names have meanings. The name Zacchaeus means clean, innocent, pure, and righteous. That's quite the opposite of where Zacchaeus is right now, isn't it? Maybe God puts this story in here. There's a lot of stories to choose from, but God chose this story to be in here as a foreshadowing of good things to come. I don't know. Let's see what happens. All right, verse number three. He wanted to see, Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. You see, Zacchaeus, he had heard about Jesus, right? He heard about Jesus. He's, he's a good preacher, Right? He proclaims, the kingdom of God is at hand. Tell me more, this sounds good. He knows Jesus was a good teacher. He unpacked the word like nobody else. He taught with authority like nobody else. Everybody else kind of like taught, but they copied previous people's teachings. Jesus, he, he came up with his own stuff. He was original, all right? He, he, like Jesus was different. He was, he was a great preacher, a great teacher. He was also a healer. 
He would heal people of all sorts of afflictions and diseases and ailments, whole cities at a time. People would bring people from all around and say, man, and Jesus would heal them on a single day. Like probably thousands of people on a day, on a single day would be healed. He even raised people from the dead. They were dead, but now Jesus shows up and he heals them and now they're alive again. This is like, and Jesus is coming through Zacchaeus' town. Wow. And, and Jesus, not only is he preaching, teaching, healing, is the best of the best, right? But he also forgives sins. Now, who can do that except God? And if that wasn't enough, Jesus, he's befriending all sorts of different types of people, even sinners like Zacchaeus, even sinners like you and I. So, again, Zacchaeus, he's pretty excited that Jesus is coming through his town, really excited, but he was about to miss him. So he's like, man, I can't, Jesus is coming, and, and, and the crowds are thick. He can't like, make it through, and, he, and he's shorter, so he can't see above people's shorter, uh, shoulders and, and kind of in between heads like maybe some of us can uh, on the taller side of, of, of the genetic uh, you know, slice of humanity, right? So, so he's just kind of challenged that way. So he's like, man, i got to find a different way. So, Well, verse 4, here we go. <laughs> so he ran ahead. I'm just going to say the whole thing. Without, okay, verse 4. So he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way. So he can't see where he is. He, he sees the path and he's like, oh man, if I run ahead over there, I can climb this tree and then I can see him. Zacchaeus does whatever he has to do because he's determined. He's like, man, I know Jesus. I got to see him. He's like, is this a good thing? He's in my town. He does whatever he has to do to see Jesus that day. You ever feel like Jesus came near to you, but, but man, you just, you just missed him, right? Like back before... Um, you know, when life wasn't so busy and hectic, right? Maybe some of us on the older side of things were like, man, I remember before cell phones when, you know, life was just a little, little more calm, you know, and, and I had time to go to church, but ah, I, just, I just didn't, you know? Or, or, or we remember back before, you know, things got really bad, right? We're in that low spot. And, uh, you know, things were different then, but then when we were in the low spot, I remember just, I don't know about you, but I remember just, crying out to God, like, God, would you help me? Would you send me a sign? You know, just, and then somebody comes to you and they invite you to church or they invite you to an event at church or a Christian event or a concert or they invite you into their small group. How beautiful is that when that happens, right? But, but you said no or you just didn't show up. Um, I'm sorry if you missed those opportunities. I know I've missed a lot of opportunities like that. But be encouraged, like Zacchaeus, you can see him from a different spot, and it's just up ahead, right? He's about to pass by again. Do whatever you have to do to see Jesus today. All right, let's keep reading verse number five. When Jesus reached the spot, right, Zacchaeus ran ahead, climbed the tree, he's waiting. When Jesus reached the spot, Jesus looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So... Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So Zacchaeus, he's, he's in a tree. He sees Jesus. He's like, wow. <laughs> there he is. I see him. This is, he's better than I thought. Like, wow. But then, then things change, right? Because there's a lot of people around, right? There might even be more than just Zacchaeus in a tree to see, right? But, but Jesus sees Zacchaeus, and it's like, what? I didn't see that coming. This is interesting. 
But then Jesus invites himself over to Zacchaeus' house for dinner. And if you know the culture, what, what comes along with that, hey, I'm coming over to your house to eat or you invite me over to eat, it also means you're spending the night. It's like this, this hospitality package, okay? So Jesus invites himself over for dinner, but also for a sleepover. And at that point, everybody, everybody's just like, what is happening? What? This is a man did not see this coming, all right? So, but let's take a look behind the scenes real quick. Okay, here's, here's what's happening behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. All right, so we know that God, even though Zacchaeus is really messed up, okay, even though Zacchaeus is a sinner, Jesus loves him. That's, that's what's happening behind the scenes, right, in Jesus' heart. And it's kind of interesting. We can take that, that thought into today. It's more than just a thought. It's the truth. We can take that into today, and we can say, huh, for God so loved the world. Huh, that means that he loves, just like he loved sinners then, he loves sinners today. Well, that's pretty encouraging. I'll take that. Jesus loves sinners who are already his children, Right? those who have trusted in Jesus and been given the right or the authority to be called children of God, right? We still sin. God loves us. Praise God for that. But also, he loves those who have not trusted in him yet. They've not yet received him. They've not yet been saved. God loves sinners like that too. Now getting back to Zacchaeus, Jesus knows his life is messed up. He knows his relationships are a mess, and Jesus feels sorry for Zacchaeus. That's part of that sympathy or that empathy, and he knows he needs help. So Jesus took action. He says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. I won't go into further detail, but I was going to say, nah, never mind. Okay, so, and here was the response, all right? Here we go, verse number seven. All the people, so all this is going down, right? All the people, this crowd's just thick crowds. All the people saw this and they began to mutter. He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Hmm. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. So as the crowd saw this happening, they were grumbling. They were muttering. They're like, man, Zacchaeus is a sinner. Jesus, he's, he's amazing, although I'm starting to have questions about everything that he's doing here. But, but like Zacchaeus is a sinner. And Zacchaeus, out of all of us here, Zacchaeus is the least deserving of this favor that Jesus is showing him. This is off the charts, just out of hand. What is happening? And they're angry about that. So that's the crowd's response or their reaction. But here's from Zacchaeus' perspective, here's, here's how it's going down. Zacchaeus sees and he hears Jesus. He receives Jesus' empathy. And here we go, ready? His, his response is this. He believes. And Jesus, it's a beautiful thing. He demonstrates that, that belief through his words, but also through his actions. Right? He's like, he's rich. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna give a bunch of my wealth away to those who are poor and could, could use some help, all right? Now, who does that remind? Does that remind you of anybody else in Luke chapter 19 who is rich? 
but, but helps the poor. I mean, I'm just like, this is, this is crazy similar to Jesus, all right? So he gets rid of half his wealth, he gives it to the poor, and then he's like, listen, I've cheated a lot of people, so I'm gonna pay them back. And I'm gonna do way more than the Jewish law requires. I'm gonna pay them back four times the amount. If I stole or cheated them out of $100 via overtaxation, I'm gonna pay them back $400. It's just above and beyond. I mean, Zacchaeus could afford it, but this, this, is, this is like heart stuff coming out in the real world, boots on the ground. This, you're seeing his faith on his sleeve. This is amazing. He demonstrates his belief through his words and actions. And then verse number nine, Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man, Zacchaeus, this, 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 this bad dude, right? This man too is a son of Abraham. Hmm. That's the reason for Zacchaeus' change of heart. That's the reason that, that he's doing these things, that he's saying these things. It's because he's, he's different now. Jesus was just confirming it. And finally, like his parents named him, and they had these hopes for Zacchaeus that he would be, you know, clean, innocent, pure, righteous. But, you know, I mean, just, it didn't turn out that way. He's actually a really, really crummy guy. But all of a sudden, Jesus shows up, and he makes a huge change. And now he is finally clean, innocent, pure, and righteous. When Zacchaeus believed, God forgave him, God saved him, and God made him new. Only God can do that. I remember back when I first received Jesus as Savior. A friend saw me. They felt bad for me. All right. They saw my life was a mess. They saw my relationships were a mess. They, they saw how, how I, I thought, how I talked, how I lived. They just knew it was all a mess. And then they invited me to church. Right? They felt sorry for me. They invited me to church. And eventually, I believed and trusted in Jesus to save. And when that happened, things changed. I was so happy in a way that I had never been happy before, by the way, but I was so happy. And then I was so vocal to the point where at work, I remember going to work and people were like, oh man, here comes Billy, he's gonna talk about Jesus again. I was just telling everybody about Jesus. I'd never done anything like that, all right? In fact, I shied away from it, right? But I was just so vocal about it. And my life began, in some ways, not in every way, but in some ways, my life began to look very, very different. Why? Because God forgave me. Because God saved me. Because God made me new. And I know a bunch of us have the same types of stories back in our lives. But that's exactly why Jesus came. Here's how he says it in Luke 19.10 though. This is straight out of Jesus' mouth. Here's what he says. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. You ever lose like your keys or your wallet or your credit card? All right, husbands, you are not allowed to look at your wives right now, okay? You are not allowed. Don't do it, Okay? But you ever lose that? And, and, and I mean, how, how much more serious of a situation might it be if you lost a person, right? But you do everything you can to seek and to search, right? I've just got to find whatever I've lost. Now, when it comes to Jesus, it's not that he's misplaced people, like people are lost. It's, it's not that he's misplaced them, but they're spiritually lost, okay? Spiritually lost. And they can only be found or saved by knowing Jesus. Listen, wherever Jesus went, he was seeking and saving the lost. All right, can we say it together? He was seeking and saving 
the lost. Let's do this together. Let's have a little fun. Near home, when Jesus was near his home in northern Israel, in Galilee, he was seeking and saving the lost. Amongst strangers, when he crossed the border of Israel into foreign territory, which is normally hostile, by the way, but he went there and he's healing people, helping people listen. When he was there, he was seeking and saving the lost in the presence of his enemies, even while hanging on the cross in downtown Jerusalem. He was seeking and saving the lost. And even here with us today at Fox River, he was seeking or is seeking and saving the lost. Hmm. Jesus is always on mission, seeking and saving the lost because he loves all people and he's doing whatever he can to help. And make no mistake, Jesus was on mission that day in Jericho. He saw Zacchaeus, he felt sorry for Zacchaeus, had sympathy and empathy for him in his weakness, and he did whatever he could to help him out. Like, like if it's possible, because it takes two to tango, right? It's not just Jesus doing all the work. Zacchaeus has to cooperate. But, but if it's possible, I want to make this relationship right between Zacchaeus and God. And when Zacchaeus received Jesus as Savior, Zacchaeus went into mission mode too. He's like, if Jesus is on mission... And I totally see it because I just received it, right? right? I totally see it. Jesus is on mission. If he's on mission, I'm going on mission too. So he began to see the people around him differently, right? He wanted to help, so he shared his wealth. He felt sorry for others that he had cheated out of money, and he should have felt sorry. So he did whatever he could do to help. As Zacchaeus began to follow Jesus, he did whatever he could to make the relationships with people and his relationship with God better and better and better. Why? Because God had forgiven him, God saved him, and God made him new. Did you know that at the very moment any person receives Jesus as Savior, right? That person instantly becomes new on the inside. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, God tells us this. This is just one of my favorite verses. This is beautiful. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, who I used to be is gone. The new is here. If you've received Jesus, you are not who you used to be. You are not. You're a different person. You're new on the inside. The way you think, the way you talk, the way you live, maybe not in big dramatic ways yet, but that has begun to change. Listen, we know that God the Father gave Jesus the Son a mission to seek and save the lost, right? But did you know that God has given us a mission as well. God continues, if we were to keep reading in 2 Corinthians chapter five, here's what we would see. I forgave you, I saved you, I made you new, I reconciled you to me. It means I brought you near, you were far away, but I brought you near because of faith in Jesus Christ. And now that you're near, I'm sending you out. Listen, I brought you near, go tell others that they can be brought near also. Right? As Christ's ambassadors, we get to share the message of the good news of Jesus with others. Because of Jesus, not only us, but others can be forgiven and saved and made new simply by believing and trusting in Jesus to save them. God has given us an amazing opportunity to follow him. There are people we can have empathy for 
There are people we can help. When it comes to the November community drive, all right, there, there are children and families that really need some toys. They wouldn't have toys unless somebody delivers one to them, right? Because mom and dad can't afford it, perhaps. Or maybe there's no mom or dad around. And the only way they're gonna get a toy is if somebody gives it to them. Hit me! All right, so, yeah. So we can do that. We can have empathy for others, and we can help children and families, and we can do it in the name of Jesus Christ. Right? Another wonderful opportunity is the same thing with food. There are families that are not gonna have, it's probably, I mean, not that we would advertise this, but there's a lot of us here in Fox River that we fall into this category right now. It's just kind of where life is, where we're not, we're not in a position where we have a ton of food. We just don't, we can't get, right? So we, we depend on others to give that to us this Thanksgiving or Christmas. In the name of Jesus Christ, we can have empathy for and we can help those in need in that way through our community drive this November. I encourage you to take part in that if you haven't done so already. Now, another thing, this is just so beautiful, is our North Campus. We can have empathy for others. I know this is true anywhere you go on the planet Earth, okay? But the North Campus is on the north side of Waukesha. Listen, there are families on the north side of Waukesha that don't know Jesus. I mean, remember, remember back before you knew Jesus, right? What was life like? How did you view things? How did you live life? Where was your hope? Think about some of those things. There are so many, thousands and thousands and thousands of people Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families that don't know Jesus. And we can have empathy for them. And we can be a part of the mission at Fox River and help them to connect with God for the first time. There are so many families that maybe they know Jesus, but they've just kind of drifted away. We know how easy it is to, for that to happen, right? This is a chance to have empathy for them and help them to reconnect. And I would love that to do, to do that together with you. All right, I see a couple people here. We're already on the, the North launch team, okay? But, but if you want to get in on that, we got our next launch meeting, December 4th, and I would love for you to come be a part of that. Let's reach Jesus together on that side of town. Listen, so there are people that we can have empathy for. There are people that we can help. Now, we can also have empathy for people in a different way, too. There are some people that we've definitely wronged. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making a guess. I think you've wronged some people I know I have, but I think you have maybe two. Your relationship with them is damaged. Listen, do whatever you can to make it better and start by saying, I'm sorry, with your words. And then continue to say you're sorry with your actions. Doing whatever you can, again, to make that relationship better. And here's some bonus material. Whenever we do this, we're joining Jesus on mission, seeking and saving the lost and we're representing him, that's a good thing. So who are the people in your life that you've wronged? My wife and my kids are, are some prime candidates. I've got some close friends even that I have wronged. It seems like the people closest to you are the ones that you wrong the most sometimes. Doesn't that, isn't that, that's kind of a troubling truth, but that's just the way it is. What if we were to reach out to them? What if we were to talk to them or, or call them or, or text, whoever those people are, right? What if we were to reach out to them and say, I'm sorry. Would it make the relationship better? Yeah, probably. Like, yeah. Would it be a wonderful way to communicate the compassion, the kindness, the care, the love, the empathy, the sympathy of Christ? Yeah, 
It certainly would. So would you do that? Here's the challenge. This week, would you do that? This week, would you reach out to one person? I know the list is probably long if, if you and I are anything alike, but, but just pick one person, at least one person. Reach out to them and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for what I did to you. And then name it, right? Or maybe it sounds like this. I'm sorry for what I said to you or what I said about you. I was wrong. And I want to make things better if we can. That relationship, when you do that, that relationship almost certainly is gonna get better. And it's definitely gonna help to show the love of Jesus. No doubt about that. Again, be encouraged. Your relationship with God and also your relationship with others, it can get better. And you can follow Jesus simply by saying, sorry. Let's pray. God, thank you for the relationships that we have with others. Lord, thank you for this beautiful hope that things don't have to stay the way they are. The relationships can get better. Lord, help us to do that so that we could represent you more and more. But God, also so that your love would be made known. God, thank you also for our relationship with you. You empathize with us in our weaknesses. God, you're so kind to us. And you help us by seeking and saving us, not only the first time, God, when we first came to you, but, but it seems like in a smaller way, we get lost over and over again. We just kind of wander. We're prone to wander. But God, you bring us back. God, thank you for that. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your gospel. Lord, we can see that you truly are a friend of sinners. If you're here at Fox River today, but you've yet to trust in Jesus as Savior. God is passing through this place right now. You may have missed him before, but don't miss him this time. He's calling you down from the tree, and he's calling you to receive him. So for those ready to receive Jesus for the first time, let's pray this prayer together now. I'm sorry, Lord, for sinning against you. I need your forgiveness, and I need your grace. I believe, Lord, that you died for my sins. I believe that three days later, Lord Jesus, you rose from the grave for my life, and I'm trusting in you, Lord, not myself. I'm trusting in you alone, Lord, to save me and to make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as Savior, right here, right now. Thank you. If that's your prayer today, with eyes still closed, with heads still bowed, if that was your prayer, you became a Christian today, I want you to raise your hand. Just let me know. I receive Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Any others? Thank you, Father. Be glorified, Lord, in and through your church here at Fox River, we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Visit us online at foxriverchristian.org or check us out in person. Thanks again for listening to the Fox River Podcast.